Ah, let's pray this morning, shall we? Father, thank you for your word. Thank you that you speak to us by your word and your Holy Spirit confirms it and it causes it to grow and burn in our hearts. And I just pray the next few minutes that you will give each and every one of us something that will help shape our lives for the future. God, draw us closer to you. Make us more comfortable in your presence. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you've got a Bible, turn to 1 Chronicles chapter 4. 1 Chronicles chapter 4, way back in the Old Testament. And then a little bit later for a moment, we'll be going to the end of the Bible, back to the New Testament, to James chapter 4. 1 Chronicles 4, James chapter 4. We're in a series right now, and the, the title of the series, and really for this whole month, is Talk to Me. Talk to Me. I believe it's the cry of God's heart to each one of us. God says, talk to me. Talk to me. How many times have you had someone look at you, probably a spouse, and just try to get your attention and say, please, please talk to me. Tell me what's going on behind that wall. Let me know what's going on there. I think God wants us to talk to him, and God wants to speak into our lives and give us wisdom and direction for everyday living. In this series this month, we've been talking about why people sometimes don't pray. We've been talking about the importance of being in a regular relationship with God. We talked about the fact that prayer really is it's just a scriptural, religious word for communication. It's talking with God. It's not one-sided. It's talking to God and then listening, letting the Holy Spirit and the Word of God speak back into our lives. And you know, there are a lot of reasons why people don't pray. In the first week, we talked about the fact that a lot of people don't pray because they don't know how. They don't even know how to begin to address God. And we looked at the Lord's Prayer and talked about the fact that Jesus gave us an outline. He gave us bullet points that will encourage us to talk to God. Last week, Zach spoke and he talked about reasons and ways that we approach God and why we call upon his name. And today I want to begin, before we get into the scripture, I, I want to begin with another thought about why people don't pray, why people don't talk to God. And... You know, I, I think another reason is because some people just really think they don't need God's help. They think, well, you know what? I've done it on my own thus far and things are okay. So, you know, I haven't had a total train wreck or maybe only a couple of train wrecks. So as a result, I think I kind of figured out how to navigate life. I can take care of things myself. I got a job, got a pension, my kids are raised, I got grandkids, I got this or that. Things are secure, so I'll just navigate life on my own. And, and we think we don't really need God. But then I think another reason why people don't pray, honestly, and I think it's one of the biggest reasons, is because people just don't think it's going to make a difference. People think, well, I've prayed before. I asked God one time to do this and nothing happened. And as a result, I, you know, it's not going to work for me. Prayer just doesn't work for me. Yet throughout Scripture, we see promise after promise after promise. And two weeks ago, I read a whole list of promises about prayer. You know, Jesus said, ask, and you'll receive that your joy may be full. You know, sometimes we go through life and, man, it gets hard, it gets tough, and there's no joy. And one of the reasons is because we're not talking to God and let him fill our lives with the things that he can provide. And I think today, one of the things we have to understand is God does want us to do our best with what we have. God wants us to manage and take care of the things under our control. But the things we cannot control, God wants to get involved in those things. 
And God wants us to talk to him about those very things. And I know some people say, well, you know, I tried the God thing. You know, I, I prayed one time or I prayed for a couple of things and God didn't do what I told him to do. So I just kind of forgot about prayer. I think sometimes we misunderstand the heart of prayer. So I want to dive into a little bit of that today. Let's look at 1 Chronicles chapter 4. If you don't have scripture, you can follow along on the screen. We're going to look at the story of Jabez. Turn to buddy, somebody and say, Jabez. It's one of Jed Clampett's first cousins, Jabez. First Chronicles chapter 4, look at verse number 9. Verse number 9. Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. Think about those words. Jabez was more honorable than his brothers. And his mother called his name Jabez, saying, because I bore him in pain. Now let's, let's pause here for a moment and look at this verse. A couple things I want you to see. First of all, there are only a few scriptures that mention Jabez, but for some reason, God thought it was important to tell us a little bit about this man. Evidently, he lived a very influential life. Evidently, he overcame a lot of things. But the first thing you see about Jabez, it says he was more honorable than his brothers. More honorable than his brothers. Those two words, more honorable, in the original writings come from one word that means to be weighty. W-E-I-G-H-T-Y. It's not talking about physical weight. It's not talking about being large, being heavy. It means to have a presence about you that is different. That when you go places, you impact every place you go. You walk in, into work and you make an impact. You walk into the home, you make an impact. Everywhere you go, people recognize there's something about you. You're different from others. What it says is, Jabez went through life, and as he went through life, he carried more influence than his brothers. He carried more influence than his brothers. And I think one of the things that we can learn from the first verse here about Jabez is that God wants us all to understand we can live weighty lives. This word that we interpret weighty, where it says more honorable, in the original writings, it's the word that is used to describe the glory of God. You know, when God walks into a room, he carries more weight than everybody else. Everybody else is nothing compared to God. God walks into a room, everybody knows God shows up, and everybody knows God can do things that nobody else can do. Jabez went through life with something in his life, something on his life, that he carried weight with people. He had influence with people. There was a certain glory about his life because God worked in his life. But the contrast is with his brothers, with the rest of the family, not so much so. And what we find is Jabez did not allow the circumstances he was born into to determine the outcome of his life. Jabez never stopped and said, well, I've got this much to work with, so therefore I can only become this much. Jabez outgrew all the restrictions into which he was born, and he became a man, in spite of what everybody else in his family did, he became a man that made a difference in his world. And he ended up having his name in the Word of God. But the second thing you see in this verse Jabez's mother, when he was born, named him Jabez, which literally means pain, suffering, hurt. 
I don't know what was going on. Scripture doesn't give us the circumstances. It's an interesting story because God give, doesn't give us the details for whatever reasons. But when Jabez was born, he was born into a mess. There's no mention anywhere of Jabez's father. His father may have died before he was born. We don't know. His father may have abandoned his mother. We don't know. Dad may have got tired of the situation and the responsibility and said, I'm not doing this, and just took off running. We don't know, but we know one thing. His mother was heartbroken. The home family situation was horrible. And when Jabez was born, she named him Pain because the situation was so bad. There are a lot of times in Scripture, especially the Old Testament, where people are given names that describe the circumstances into which they're born. There are a lot of people who are born and they're given names that are prophetic, that describe what their lives are going to be. There are some people that God changed their name because their name was holding them back from what God created them to be. But we need to understand today, regardless of the circumstances into which we are born, God has a plan for our lives. And if we'll look for that plan and if we'll look for God, God will put a weight in our lives that begins to change everything that will break the bonds that hold us back. And we can go forward and become more than we ever dreamed we could be if we'll learn to walk with God. It's God's plan for you. It's God's plan for our lives. He wants to break those restrictions. You know, it's interesting to me. Scripture doesn't say anything about his brothers except that he was more honorable. Evidently, the brothers never became what they could have become because they were restricted. They were defined by the pain into which they were born. Frank, can I tell you today, doesn't matter what your grandpa was, doesn't matter what your dad was, doesn't matter what your uncles were, doesn't matter what your aunts were, doesn't matter what your brothers and your sisters or anybody else is, God wants to free you from all of that and give you a future greater than anything you've ever known. You just need to learn to walk with Him. Walk with Him. Don't let circumstances shape your expectation because the truth of the matter is the way you see God can be shaped by circumstances. The way you see yourself can be shaped by circumstances. The way you approach God in faith can be determined by circumstances. The way you treat people, your expectations, your attitudes, all of that can be dominated by circumstances if you don't learn to listen to the voice of God. I've heard people say, well, God doesn't work for me. That's because you've not walked with him long enough to let his hand work. Just keep walking. Now, if you would look at verse number 10 of that same chapter, the next verse, it says, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Now look at these words. Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. What did Jabez do with the circumstances into which he was born? What did, what did he do with his life circumstances? He went straight to God and talked to God about it. I think the first thing that I see in this verse is that Jabez initiated time with God. Important lesson for all of us to learn. Did you know you need to initiate time with God? You ask people, when do you pray? Well, when I feel like God shows up and God starts stirring my heart, I'll talk to God a little bit. And so uh, you know, I talk to God about every six months. You need to be talking to God more than every six months. Can I give you another little tip here? You need to talk to God between meals too, okay? Not just 
God is great, God is good, let us thank him for the food, amen. You need to be talking to God about what's going on in your life. Jabez initiated time with God. A lot of us say, well, if God initiates time with me, I'll talk to him. If not, then I'm just going to leave him alone. Initiate time with God. Jabez talked to God. And there's four things in this prayer that I want you to notice. Number one, he said, oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge my territory. I want to take the first part of this prayer I want to break it into two pieces because I want you to notice the two things that he said here. Number one, oh, that you would bless me indeed. Bless me indeed. We don't use the word indeed that much today in common everyday language. But in the original writings, this is what it says. Oh, that you would bless me, bless me. How many of you in the house today would like God to bless your life? How many of you want God's blessing? How many of you would like God to bless you, bless you? How many like twice as much? That's what Jabez said. Jabez said, you know what I've been born into. I need blessing, but I need double blessing. So he said, my prayer is, oh, that you would bless me, bless me. And then I pray that you would begin to enlarge my territory. Literally, it means to increase my boundaries. Now, the next three minutes, I want you to listen real closely. Because I'm going to share something here that some of you desperately need to hear. It's really important for where we go with the rest of this message. In the days of Jabez, in order to be influential, in order to have a voice in the community, in order to be a man of wisdom, one who was honored and listened to, you had to be a landowner and you had to own some territory. You had to have land on which you could have cattle. You had to be able to raise sheep. You had to be able to have crops. To be an influential man in society that day, you had to have land. And Jabez said, God, here's my prayer. Bless me, bless me, and while you're at it, increase my territory. Give me more land so I can be more influential. It's amazing how many people cannot be convinced that God wants to bless them. I'm sure there's a handful of people in the place here today. Well, I just don't really know that God wants to really bless me like that. And we make this spiritual. Well, God wants to bless me, bless me. That means not just will I get a warm, fuzzy feeling, but it'll be a double anointing and I'll get these little bumps that run up and down my spine and uh, the hair in the back of my neck will begin to stand up and I'll be like, wow, now that's a blessing. How many super spiritual people do we have in the house? You laugh to keep from crying, some of you. That's what it means to be blessed. That's not what it means to be blessed. That's a part of it. But he said, bless me, bless me. If you go back and begin to study blessing in the Bible, the first time you find it is really in the first couple of chapters of Genesis. And it says that the second time you see it, for example, God created man, Adam and Eve, and God, it says, blessed them. But here's what God said. To bless them, it's the same word we use when we bless God. God honored them, he blessed them. But scripture says the next thing he said was, I'm giving you the garden, I'm giving you the whole earth. There's food there for you, there are trees, there's herbs. Everything you're ever going to need, it's right there. It's all right there. Everything you'll ever need, I'm going to bless you and give it to you. Now here, you take dominion over it and you manage my blessing. That's what God said. 
Now, super spiritual say, oh, no, that. He was talking about spiritual blessing because God would come down in the cool of the day. And so God, when he showed up in the cool of the day, they'd get that warm, fuzzy feeling and be like, oh, this is so wonderful. This is God's blessing. Well, let me back you up for just a minute. The first time you see this, this statement, bless me, is a little bit earlier in that chapter in Genesis 1, I believe it is. And what God actually says is he created the birds. He created the animals in the field. He created all the fish in the sea. And it says he blessed them. He's not talking about them getting warm, fuzzy feelings and woo, isn't this glorious? That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about all provision, everything you're going to need is right here for you. I'm going to bless you and honor you with the things that you need in this life. And then it begins. You see the hand of blessing on people's lives. For example, Abraham. Scripture tells us that Abraham became a very, very rich man. He had livestock and silver and gold. Isaac, his son, Abraham gave all he had to his son Isaac. And you say, well, that's not God's blessing. He got it from his dad. Well, it also goes on to say that it came to pass after the death of Abraham, God blessed Isaac even more. Even in times of famine, Isaac was so blessed, he planted seed and he grew crops and he increased a hundredfold even in times of famine. And then there was his son Jacob. Scripture said that God blessed him even when he was working for his father-in-law, tending his flocks. God blessed him there in the land of Padanaram until he went to the land of Canaan. Let me tell you what Solomon said about God's blessing. Solomon said the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow with it. The word rich means to accumulate. It means to grow and to make rich. Now listen closely. I said three minutes, five minutes, okay? I'm getting inspired. Here's the problem. When you start talking about physical goods, when you start talking about wealth, when you start talking about things that we need, when you start talking about money, people's nature, especially in church, is to run to one extreme or the other. One group says, oh, God wants us to live in poverty and have nothing so we can glorify God. God's not concerned about financial things. That's not scriptural. And then there are those who get over here and say, well, God's going to make us so rich, we're all going to be multimillionaires and we'll never have another worry the rest of our lives. That's not true either. Jesus said, pray, give us this day our daily bread. God has promised to give us provision, but it doesn't always come the way we want it. Let me illustrate this to you. Remember two weeks ago, I was kidding about this. I asked how many people had gone out and got their Powerball tickets. Six or eight of you raised your hand. The rest of you didn't raise your hand, but you had them. <laughs> I had the word of knowledge. You had them. If I had needed to, I could have given you the numbers you chose. No, I'm kidding you. Just kidding you. But don't strike me. I'm just kidding. Here's my point. Do you know why people, do you know why Christians want to win the lottery? So they can stop trusting God and stop living by faith. Well, if I had all that money, I wouldn't have to be praying about stuff anymore. Exactly. And God says, I'd rather you be praying about stuff. Because I know where you go and what things happen in your life when you stop talking to me. So we're talking about prayer today. Jabez came to God, and the first thing he prayed was, God, bless me, bless me, and increase the boundaries of my life. We talk about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Joseph was hated by his brothers because he believed the dreams of God. He was sold into slavery. He was lied about and put in prison. But God put him on the throne of Egypt, the second most powerful man in Egypt, and he, re he actually was in charge of all of their wealth and all the resources of Egypt. God blessed him. 
The nation of Israel in Egypt were blessed by God and they grew. Job was the richest man in his part of the world. He lost it all, but God gave back to him twice everything he ever lost in the beginning. God wants to bless you so you have everything that you need to accomplish everything he created you to do. You need to believe for God to bless us. Can I tell you, my prayer is God bless me, bless me, bless me. Give me three times. We need God's blessing in our lives. But the next thing, the second thing in this prayer is, Jabez prayed and said, God, bless me, bless me, expand my territory. But second of all, I ask that your hand would be with me. I ask that your hand would be with me. Here's what Jabez understood that we need to understand. Jabez prayed and asked God for this. And he recognized God... If you extend, expand my territory, ex, expand everything I have, if you grow me and, and I have more and more and I carry more influence, then I want your hand to be in my life so I'm never walking through this thing by myself. I want your presence in all that I do. If you look at scripture, the expression God's hand is always symbolic of his power in action. It's his hand to deliver it's his hand to work miracles. It's his hand to heal. It's his hand to restore. It's his hand to guide. It's his hand to just reach down and get involved in all that we do. That's what God wants to do. But we need to invite God to get involved in all the circumstances of our lives. We need to talk to him about things. And Jabez understood, God, I want blessing. But when you bless me, first and foremost, I want your hand involved in everything that I do. See, I believe God wants to bless us. But I think God wants us to get our eyes on the mission. I think God wants our hearts wrapped around what he's called us to do and not the things that we need to go accomplish those things. Oh God, I want to see your hand at work in my life. And I think sometimes people see prayer as a tool that will make God bless us. Think about that. People see prayer as a tool to make God bless us. That's why some people, they, you know, they spin the wheel and they pray a little prayer and well, if it works, it works. If not, well, forget about it. I can just quit praying. I just use this prayer thing to make God bless me. The truth of the matter is, prayer is a tool that moves us to a place where God can bless us. Because when we begin to pray, God, I want your hand working in my life. That opens the door for God begin to, beginning to work in us and on us and through us. And you know, I think a lot of times when we pray, we, we kind of get in this rut. Oh, God, bless what I'm doing. Oh, God, bless what I'm doing. Oh, God, I'm doing this, I'm doing this. I'm, God, bless what I'm doing. And I think every now and then, if we'll just get quiet, God will say, well, I'm blessing this. Why don't you move over here and do what I'm blessing? See, prayer isn't to shape God. Prayer isn't there to tell God what to do. Prayer is to get us aligned with God's will for our life so we can see his hand get involved in the things that we're doing. We need to have that focus. And, you know, I, I know, I know from experience that all of us have prayed prayers that didn't get answered. Anybody else besides me? Some of you are too spiritual for that, I know. So you say, well, they're already answered. They just haven't showed up yet. Okay, that's great. 
But there's some things you prayed about somewhere way back there in 1742 that hasn't been worked out just yet, okay? Speaking of being aged. Um, all of us have prayed prayers and didn't work out. Didn't, nothing happened. It didn't happen the way we thought. Look at James chapter 4. And we're going to come back to Jabez, so hold Jabez, but go to James chapter 4 because I want to show you something that's really important about prayer. And next Sunday morning in our service, we're going to be having water baptism. We're going to have communion. We're going to have extra worship. We're going to have a really short message. We're going to be praying for needs next week. And we're fasting throughout this month. We're praying Wednesday night. If you like to pray, if you don't like to pray, come learn how to pray. Come join us Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. We pray for about an hour. It's a great time of prayer. But this month we're praying. We're talking to God. In, in James chapter 4, Verse number two says this, you lust and do not have. In other words, you want things, your heart's just longing for certain things, but you don't have them. You murder and covet, and you can't get those things. You fight and you war, and you got this war going on inside of you because there's things you're wanting for wrong reasons. And this is what he says next, yet you do not have because you do not ask. We're going to stop here just a moment. Have you ever heard that expression, the last part of that verse, you have not because you ask not? That's what it says. You don't have because you don't ask. Isn't it true that if we pray two or three prayers and they don't get answered when we think they should and how we think they should, or if God just shakes his head and says, no, you don't need that right now, when that happens, isn't it true that a lot of us just stop praying? And we miss the point of prayer. It's no longer, God, let your hand be at work in my life. Now it's, God, give me, give me, give me, give me. Okay, if you're not going to give me anything, then forget about it. I'll just do my own thing. It's kind of our attitude sometimes. This is what James is talking about. James was the pastor of the church of Jerusalem. He lived with people day after day. He saw their struggles. And one day he wrote these words. He said, you don't need to get discouraged if your prayers aren't being answered. You need to understand what's wrong. And what he said was, you don't have because you've stopped asking. Why do people stop asking? Look at verse 3. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. You ask wrongly. You miss the point. Because you ask that you may spend it on your pleasures. God never intended for us to live our lives just thinking of, well, what's in it for me? We are blessed to be a blessing. Can I tell you something else? You won't be much of a blessing if you're not blessed. Well, I'd like to be more of a blessing, then you need to start praying for blessing, and you need to start releasing the blessing God puts in your life. That's how it works, from cover to cover in God's Word. And James here writes these words and says, you ask for stuff just because you have these lusts and these pleasures, and it's God give me this and God give me that, and I believe God's going to make me a millionaire so I can quit talking to Him and not have to walk by faith anymore. God said, no, I don't think I want to answer that one. And so we stopped praying. And look at the next verse. Adulterers and adulteresses, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. What he's saying is, if you wrap your heart around things rather than God, then you're in an adulterous relationship. And so you're asking God to send you adultery partners. I can't believe I said that. I wasn't in my notes. That just kind of came out. That's what James said. He said, you got your heart wrapped around the wrong things. 
for the wrong reasons. Listen, listen closely. Did you know sometimes you can get your heart wrapped around the right things for the wrong reasons? It can happen. But we've got to keep our heart aligned with the heart of God. John 15, 7, Jesus said, If you abide in me and my word abides in you, ask what you will and it shall be done. When we understand what God's word is saying, when we've got our hearts wrapped around God, the things that we ask for, God releases into our lives because he knows that we will do what needs to be done with those resources. Jesus said, whatever you pray for, it will come when you trust God. 1 John chapter 5 says, we have confidence that if we ask anything according to God's will, he hears us. And if we know he hears us, then we can know he's going to give us the things that we ask for in this life. We can know. We can have that kind of confidence. And then finally, the last point here. Godly desires coupled with godly prayers bring godly blessings. Why do you want to be blessed? I want to be blessed so I can see God's hand at work in every area of my life, day after day after day. And then the third thing in this prayer I love this part of the prayer. He says, God, I pray that you would keep me from evil, that I might not cause pain. Keep me from evil, that I might not cause pain. What he literally said was, keep me from evil, that evil does not shape my life and my future. Keep me from evil. The more I look at this prayer, the more I realize this is the Old Testament version of the Lord's Prayer. Jesus said, deliver us from the evil one. Keep us from temptation. Jabez, hundreds of years earlier, before Jesus came to earth in physical body, Jabez was praying a very similar prayer. God, keep me from evil that I don't hurt people. I think it's important to pause here for just a moment and to understand one of the things that God does in prayer while we're talking to him about all of our needs is God wants to stop and say, God, what do you need to do in my heart and in my life today? What do you need to accomplish in me? See, prayer, we get prayer to the point where it's just all about me. We don't understand. It needs to also be about what God wants to do in us and through us. And Jabez, now, hang with me here a moment. Jabez was born into a tough situation. It affected his entire family. But he started talking to God about it, and God began to bless him. He began to rise above it. And what he did was he prayed and said, God, first of all, bless me, bless me. I want your hand working in my life all the time. I give you permission to be involved in everything that I do. I need your help. And then third of all, he said, while you're working, don't just work for me. Don't just work around me. Work in me and work through me. Keep me from evil. God, I, I don't want to go back to where I came from. I don't want to be like aunts and uncles and grandpas and grandmas and dad who's gone. I don't want to live in pain and I don't want to put that pain on others. 
It's amazing how many curses get passed from generation to generation because we just learn a lifestyle and we just stay in it and never walk out of it. Jabez said, break all those generational curses off of me. My brothers can stay in the hole if they want to, but I want God's glory on my life. So God, you just work in me and change me from the inside out that I can become everything you want me to be. That was his prayer. That was his prayer. Jesus said, we need to not only love enemies who attack us. Jesus said, we need to pray for those who spitefully use us. Are you praying for the difficult people in your world? Everybody's got difficult people in their world. If you don't have difficult people in the world, you are the difficult one, I promise you. <laughs> and everybody else knows it. There are difficult, if, if you don't have difficult people in your world, you, get it, you need to get out of the house and quit watching uh, Andy Griffith reruns all the time. You need to get out and see what's going on in the world. Because if you go to work, there are difficult people there. You go to church, there are difficult people there. Not this church, but some churches, there are difficult people. Are you praying for those people? Now, not, not, I'm, don't misunderstand. Now, oh, kill them, God, kill them, God, kill them, God. No, not that prayer. <laughs> Are you praying for God to change them and restore them and, and do good things? Are you praying for them? Jesus said, pray for them. Oh, but you don't know this guy. No, but God does. Pray for him. Now, this guy is the worst. Pray twice as hard. I was almost finished, so give me two minutes here. The other night at prayer here on Wednesday night, we had a good group, great group, showed up Wednesday night to pray, and we're praying, and I'm just walking around praying, and God dropped something in my heart, and there, there were two people in particular that I've been so frustrated with. I mean, what is wrong with you? You need to get, and God just kind of slapped me and said, pray for them. Well, they know better already. God said, pray for them. Yeah, but God said, pray for them. I started praying for them. It's amazing how your opinion changes when you start praying for people because then you start looking for God to do something in their lives. You start looking for good. You start looking for change. Pray for the difficult people in your world. And I believe God will answer those kind of prayers in a hurry. And then the very last thing in this story, it says that God granted him what he requested. God granted him well, I wish God would do that for me. Have you prayed that prayer? Hmm? Have you prayed that prayer? Well, well I'll pray. Have, you, have you prayed? Have you prayed that prayer? No reason why God wouldn't do it for you if you pray. What we have to understand is, and I'm closing, what we have to understand is Jabez didn't get to 17, 18 years of age and look at his family and said, man, you are, all, you, you are a mess. You all are crazy. I mean, his name was pain. It was written all over him. One day he rose up and said, you know, you call me what you want to call me. I'm not going to be like this. God's bigger than this. And Jabez didn't pray a prayer one time and walk away from it. I believe Jabez prayed this prayer day after day, after day. Bless me, bless me. God, I thank you for blessing me, but bless me. I thank you for blessing me, 
bless me, bless me. Thank you, God. I think day after day, he was praying for God's blessings. Number two, I think day after day after day, he was saying, God, increase my territory that I can be more influential and carry more weight with people and be a blessing to people. I think he prayed it day after day. I think day after day he prayed, God, thank you for what you did yesterday, but I want your hand working in my life again today. I need you today. And I think he prayed that day after day. I think he prayed day after day, God, thank you for what you've done, but I don't want to stumble into a trap. Keep me from evil and don't let me hurt people. See, I think he prayed that prayer over and over and over and over and over and over again. And I think God answered it over and over and over and over and over and over again. It's a picture of prayer. What's going on in your life today? Every person in this room has got things going on right now that you need to be talking to God about. First thought is, yeah, well, it'll pass. It'll pass. Really? Did you ever stop to think that maybe God's given you an opportunity to pray for somebody and help change their future? Did you ever stop to think that maybe you're, you're thinking God can do it up to here and so you're believing for it and so when it gets there, you kind of quit praying when the truth is God wants to take the lid off and do so much more than you could ever imagine? We stop praying, we stop asking. I'm gonna pray in just a moment for God to expand our hearts, but before I do, Maybe you're here today and maybe you're not in relationship with God. And maybe you've listened to this and you thought, man, this sounds great. This sounds wonderful, but I don't, I don't even know how to talk to God. I don't know God. And I'm not interested in religion. Good, because we're not either. But we are interested in being in a relationship with God where God is involved in every area of our lives and all that we do. Maybe you're here today and maybe you've listened to these words and you thought, man, I wish, I wish God would get involved in my life. I got pain. I got Jabez all over me. Friend, God will get involved as soon as you invite him in. As soon as you ask him to get involved in your life. Maybe you say, well, how do I do that? Simple. It's words. It's communication. God, help me. I need you. Help me. Start talking about those things. It all begins with you initiating a conversation saying, God, come into my life. Some of you are sitting here right now and you feel the presence of God so strongly. You think, well, what is this? I feel this warm presence and it's like something's just beating on my heart saying, let me in. That's the Holy Spirit. That's God's Spirit saying, I want you in my family. I want to be your God. I want you to be my child. I want to be your father. But you got to open the door. You do that with words, communication, prayer. I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now. And there's nothing special about my words. It's just a prayer that says, God, come into my life. I need you. I want to lead you in that prayer. I'm going to ask everybody in the house to pray it. I'm going to ask you to just bow your heads for a moment. Just pray this prayer right out loud. You don't have to scream it, but I want you to speak these words out loud. Just talk to God and say, God, I need you. Come on, say it. God, I need you. And I open my heart to you. Please come into my life. I believe Jesus is the Son of God who died for my sins, was raised from the dead, and I accept Jesus as my Savior and my Lord. Please come into my life. I need your help. From this day forward, you will be my God. You'll be my Father, and I'll be your child. 
Teach me your ways and I will walk with you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for calling me. I say welcome. Come into my life. Amen. Amen. Can we just welcome people into God's family today? I believe some folks have opened their hearts to God.